0: I want to take time today and speak a message that God put on my heart called The Two Views. The Two Views. But I want to open with a scripture because it's Father's Day. I just want to open with a scripture uh, just to declare Happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are on and all the fathers that may tune into this later today or this evening or even throughout the next week. Happy Father's Day to you. And I'm praying for you and I'm praying that you have the most Beautiful Father's Day, in Jesus' name. Found in Psalm 103.13, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. The same way a loving father feels towards his children, that's but a sample of your tender feelings towards us, your beloved children, who live in awe of you. You see, we all have the Father in our heart. We have God the Father. God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. We have the blessing of his kingdom and we have the knowledge of his word that it dwells within us every day. And we should be encouraged. And I wish to encourage you this morning to pray every day, to spend time with the Lord and to just tell him today how much you love him. And always know that he's listening to you. He's always wanting to communicate with you. And he loves to hear your praise, your worship, and your prayers. And he loves to see your life lived out as a prayer before him and as a worship before him. Because he is your God. He is our God. Jesus is our Savior, and he is my Savior. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling with us, and we have him walking along our side telling us of the things that Jesus said and also showing us things that are about to happen. So we carry around that treasure in us, it's very beautiful. Let's share that treasure with an earth and a people that need to know Jesus Christ, need to know him just like you and I know him. Let's speak out loudly how much we love God the Father and how much Jesus did for us and how he rose on the third day for us and how we have received the Holy Spirit of God with fire and with power And that we have something beautiful to share and that sharing means eternal life with god the father god the son and god the holy spirit through redemption by jesus blood being shed at calvary's cross in his rising on the third day defeating the grave defeating sin defeating death and now he offers us and we have accepted that and i hope if you're on today and you don't know the lord You can accept that also, to be saved, sanctified, set apart for service unto his name, and to be received into the glory when we all go home to be with the Father for eternity. I also want to just thank you today for joining now to listen to this word. God really placed a word on my heart for all of us today, and I I want you to pay really close attention to this. It's found in Matthew 25. Verses 6 through 13. I'll be reading out of the Amplified Version today. Now, when Jesus was back in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster vial of very expensive perfume and poured it on Jesus' head as he reclined at the table. But when the disciples saw it, They were indignant and angry, saying, Why all this waste of money? For this perfume might have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of the malice of this remark, said to them, Why are you bothering the woman? She has done good thing to me, for you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, wherever the gospel of salvation is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told in memory of her, for her act of love and devotion. The story is also referenced over there in Mark, in chapter 14, verses one, excuse me, three three through nine, and John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. And, re, you know, it, we have to understand that we're referring uh, to Mary, the sister of Martha, who were the sisters of Lazarus. Now, in the other translations of this, in in Mark and, and John, they don't mention uh, uh, this particular style of the reference of this story. But in my studies, and in many hours of studies, I have noticed and have brought together that they, they were speaking of Mary also. And so when we look at this text today and we look at what it's really saying, we, we find something that's very, very beautiful. And we find that the, the beauty of God's teachings come forth in this particular moment in time. There's something about this anointing. There's something about this act of devotion that not only caught the eyes of the disciples, but caught the ears and the eyes of Jesus. And Jesus responded, as I have just stated. There's two views here there's the view of Lazarus, and then there's the view of the actions being the subject here. These marvelous statements that are being stated. The view of the disciples or Judas at that time is, hey, this is, don't do that. This this oil is worth a lot of money. And this, we can take this and we can place it out there. We can sell it and we can help the poor with the money. But Judas was not a person to be trusted about money. He, he's the one that was carrying the money bag for everyone. And we know that he sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver which was a, actually a prophetic uh, response to what was spoken, spoke Zechariah. And we know that through what he did, Jesus was taken from the Garden of Gethsemane and brought before the judges of that world at that time and was totally surrendered over to crucifixion. And because of that, he died on that cross for you and I. But I I think it's really beautiful to think about the effect of how as this woman of God went ahead and anointed him on his head, blessed him, and she didn't realize it all. But Jesus knew what this was about, and she didn't. You see, the key is that we are led sometimes into doing things that we don't realize what we're doing, but we're obeying God. When we're doing something devotional, and with such purity, such holiness and such a desire to bless. And if we would get that in our spirit every day, we would live right before the Lord. And we would always want to be devotional towards him, to love him and to do kind things for him on this earth as we dwell here, waiting for his return, waiting for our place in heaven waiting to spend eternity with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There's a little poem that I found that I want to read. It was so beautiful. It's just a one stanza poem here. Her eyes are homes of silent prayer, nor other thoughts her mind admits. But but he was dead, and there he sits, and he that brought him back is there. Oh, wow. That's so powerful to think about that that prayer about her and about what she did. And this laudable objection, or this, this objection, and Judas thought he was going to get praise from everyone and a commendation. He, he didn't. Jesus told him, you're wrong. And it, the other was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to demonstrate a special kind of sacrificial love. I believe we're given opportunities every day in our life to bless the Lord, to do something that demonstrates our sacrificial love towards him. It may be praying for someone who's hurting. It may be praying for someone who's sick. It may be going to the nursing home to pray for an elderly person. It may be blessing someone who's in need. It may be just telling someone you love them from the depth of your heart and letting them know about how much Jesus loves them and that there is a way of escape by the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ to be able to give that love to them and they receive that love and the Holy Spirit reveals to them the activity of that love in their heart and they repent of their sin They receive Jesus Christ as their Savior, and they are guaranteed a blessing, an eternal life with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's a dangerous thing that I'd like to refer to right now, that Christians judge one another. For judgment always comes back upon the heads of the people who judge. We shouldn't judge one another. We should care for one another. We should bless one another. We should be kind to one another. We should uplift one another in prayer. And we should always remember that there's something that Jesus has asked us to do. And that is to testify of his life while he was here on this earth. And to share him wherever we go. And to ask people to know him as their savior. Because this is what our position is, not to judge, but to love, to care for, to embrace, to bring the word of God into the hearts of people who don't even own a Bible. They don't own one. They don't have one. They've never read it through. But I believe with all my heart that the Lord our God wants to use us mightily in the hour that we are in right now. What has been your sacrificial love? Or what will be your sacrificial love today? Think about the things that you have done in your life so far as a Christian. Have you taken time to have a time of sacrificial love? You know, I mean to say that you can be very busy somewhere. You could be uh, at a, a restaurant. You could be at a retail store. You could be on the boardwalk in Santa Cruz. You could be somewhere at the beach. You could be in a public place. You could be at a concert somewhere. Uh, You could be just walking in a park. And the Lord speaks to your life to do something for someone that's nearby you or someone he has you take notice of. And here's the beauty of that. Oftentimes in our own mind, we want our private moments. We want to be busy on our own time, we want to do these things, I need the exercise, boy, I need this meal, I need to be in this park walking, I'm so glad I'm at the beach, but don't be surprised that God will, he will come by and he will speak to your spirit, keep a listening ear to know that God wants to use you, and it'll be a sacrificial time where you just have to stop what you're doing and you have to change your way of thinking for a moment. And go talk to someone about the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe me, this happens to me all the time. I have prayed so many people into the kingdom. In restaurants, I've talked to people in the boardwalk, I've talked to people at the beach, I've talked to people in parks, I've talked to people at gas stations, I've talked to people in Costco, I've talked to people on the streets. I have talked to people so many times, telling them of the love of Jesus. It is a sacrificial action that you and I have. It's as though we are giving an anointing to Jesus. We're anointing him by speaking about him. We're declaring his love and his peace, his saving grace, his mercy, and his kindness into darkness. We're shining His light, and it's penetrating the darkness, and it's shining a light on the path of an individual that can be saved, and you took that time. You've anointed Jesus by doing that. You've blessed the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. You have blessed the Lord. He has brought you so far. Remember, He's taken you out of the miry clay, He sets you upon a rock. He's established your goings. He's put a new song in your heart. Now listen to this. And when you sing that song, others will hear it and they will fear the Lord. There's the sacrificial love. When you sing the song and others hear it, they will be in a place to fear the Lord. What's your view on this? Would you be like Judas? And say, oh, we need the money, we need to feed the poor. Let me tell you, the poor will always be amongst us. Kathy and I have worked with the poor since 1976. We have worked with the poor. We have lifted up hands that have been covered with with staff. We have held people that have had scabies. We have taken people off the street that couldn't even walk and carried them across the street and put them on a bench and fed them coffee, and fed them a meal, and spoke with them about the Lord Jesus Christ, the poor will always be amongst us. But there is a time where we need to anoint Jesus. There's a time when we need to anoint him in prayer. A time where we need to anoint him by confessing him before the public. Confessing him to someone who is there standing with you. Declaring his word. Don't think that the poor will not be taken care of. They will be. They will always be taken care of by people who are concerned about poverty and concerned about the disenfranchised and concerned about those that sleep in a tent. Their mattress is a cement sidewalk. Their pillow is a piece of cardboard or some makeshift pillow of an old jacket that was found. And their blanket is a piece of cardboard. And they don't have what you and I have. They need the love of God. They need to be touched by the love of God. But there's moments in our life where we need to anoint Jesus. Oh, say that with me. I need to anoint Jesus. I need to do something, a sacrificial love act that will be a devotion and will be a blessing to my Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to think about our own stories. We need to also remember... Who we are. And we also need to remember who the church is. We are Christians. Born again. Spirit filled. In love with Jesus. Full of God's power. Full of his anointing. And full of his praise. And full of his worship. That's who we are. The church is the same way. The church needs to be the bride of Christ. It needs to be that bride that is shining in white garments willing to share, willing to declare, willing to bring people into the kingdom of God and and tell them that they can be forgiven, forgiven of all their sin, rinsed clean from sin, brought out of the world, even though we're still in the world, we're not of this world, declaring who Jesus Christ is, declaring the purity of his life, the suffering of his life, the the overcoming of death of his life the ascension of his life unto the father and the promise that that life that we preach will return the same way he left and he will call the church home oh hallelujah to the lamb of god i sense his presence right now i sense that he's speaking to many of you never forget the good news of the gospel the good news is that the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, that's good news. That's great news. Because of what he did, we're saved. Our view has to be that of anointing, not in keeping, not in holding back, not keeping it in so we can say, look how much we have. We need to anoint people. We need to anoint their lives when we pray for them, that they receive Jesus, and from that anointing, they move forward, and they tell others about Jesus. And oh, what a beautiful, beautiful day that is when someone that you told about Jesus calls you on the phone and reminds you of that day they were saved, thanks you for that day, and then tells you that they've led other people to Jesus because of that. Oh, hallelujah. It's so good to acknowledge the Lord. It's so good to follow after Him. You see, our acts should be born from a spiritual comprehension. It's not what we think in our secular minds. It's not what we think in our humanistic ways of thought sometimes. It's our spiritual minds that God wants us to tap into And to find the comprehension that we need to talk about Jesus Christ and to share Jesus Christ. You know, I think it's beautiful that we find in Matthew in 25, 31 through 46, something that is incredible. And I'll just read three of the verses there because it's meaningful. Because oftentimes we think we're doing something, but we're not or we have not. Matthew 25 and 35, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. In verse 40, it says, And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did to one of the least of these, My brother, you did to me. And I think that it's so important that we know that when we bless others, we're actually blessing Jesus. That's what I was saying about the anointing Jesus. We are blessing others. We are anointing Jesus. But there was that moment where his anointing was so important for burial. She didn't even realize what she was doing. She was following a spiritual comprehension a spiritual depth that you can only find when you are so deeply in love with Jesus Christ. Fall deeper in love with him today. Fall so much in love with him that you cannot help yourself but to bless someone else, to give someone a cup of water, to go and pray for the sick, to do something that Is so important by giving clothes. I have taken off the shirt off my back. I've taken the shoes off my feet. I've taken the socks off my feet. I have given people clothes. I gave someone in the lower Wacker in Chicago, Illinois, in a sub-zero degree temperature, a brand new down jacket that was given to me as a gift because I was the brand new pastor of a church there. I gave it to this homeless person who came out of a cardboard structure and two people started the fight over a warm jacket. And I knew I had a spiritual moment with the Lord. He said, bless him with your jacket and I will bless you. I took the jacket, I stopped the fight and I gave him the coat and he began to weep that someone would care that much about him. You see, when we do these things, we are doing it as unto Jesus. We are blessing him. We are handing somebody a bowl of soup. We are blessing Jesus. There are so many people that you can bless. I'm saying this not from someone who doesn't know, but someone that has experienced Blessing others many times. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times. Kathy and I, since 1976, have reached and blessed people. Have given them things that they were praying for. And God spoke to us to give them what they needed. We were blessing Jesus. That's our spiritual comprehension. We're blessing the Lord. And the Lord is pleased with us. And when he comes to take us, he will bring us home with him. And when the sheep and the goats are together, we will be in the sheep side, not the goats, and we won't say like the goats, hey, when did I didn't do this? He said, when you didn't feed someone, when you didn't bless someone, when you didn't close someone, when you didn't heal, pray for healing for someone, and when you didn't go to the prison to tell others about me. It's so important that we understand that who we are in Christ Jesus is more than just a name. We are an action. We are a live body of Christ to bring his word on this earth in such a beautiful way. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Let me, there's a beautiful scripture that I think that is, is something that I'd like to share here. It's a challenging scripture. It's something that may grasp you And I hope it does because it grasps me every time I read it. It embraces me and reminds me of what is important. In Mark 8 and 36, for what does it benefit a man to gain the whole world with all its pleasures and forfeit his soul? We try so hard to gather. We try so much to gather. We have so many possessions, so many things we own, so many things we declare is ours. We show them off. We polish them up. We have deep pride in them. But when we forsake the winning of a soul for our possessions, we have done a great wrong in the kingdom of God. We need to stand and know that what we have has been given to us by God, allotted to us by God, but we also have in us the gift of giving, the gift of reaching out, the gift of holding, the gift of loving, the gift of being kind, the gift of gentleness. We have the fruit of the Spirit in us that is alive, and it speaks to us, and it declares to us how our character should be every day with Jesus Christ. Oh, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. You see, the the, the existence of poor gives us a scope for the exercise of the graces of charity, benevolence, and self-denial. And such opportunities will never be wanting while the world lasts. We best serve our fellow person when we are first devoted to Jesus Christ. He is always first. He is always whom we serve first. My devotion, my wife's devotion, is towards Jesus Christ. Our lives are centered on the King of Kings and the Lord of Glory. I believe today that Jesus is reaching hearts through this message and saying to you, devote your life. I know you've given your heart to me but now I want you to devote your life to me wholeheartedly. Now listen to these next words. It's prophetic. Listen closely. I am about to do a work in you that you have prayed for and it's drawing nigh but I need your total devotion to me. Anoint me with your prayers. Anoint me with your life. Anoint me with your faith. Anoint me with the trust anoint me because what is about to happen in your life you've been waiting for for years and it's going to explode and I'm going to use you mightily for my glory and for this earth to know who I am. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Someone's about to be shouting somewhere. Oh, I believe God is just touching hearts right now. That was a word to give to someone today. And I didn't come here. It's not in my notes. I didn't come here to do that. But I, I had a spiritual moment of comprehension. And the Lord said, speak this. I believe with all my heart. This is the hour. This is the moment to be noticed as a true sacrificial Christian. This is the moment. This is the time. This is what God wants from us in Jesus' name. We must be the bride who gives longing for the return of the bridegroom, Jesus. That's what the church needs to be. It needs to be that bride that longs, looks out the window. Here's a little funny illustration. When I took my first church in in Salida, California, I used to be in this little tiny office, and before service started, I went ahead, I would go in my office, and I would stare out, hoping people would come. This is our first church. We were so desiring. We were longing for people to come into the church, and I would just stare and I would just look out that window and I'd press my nose up against the screen and I'd be looking and hoping for cars to come. And when it was time for me to go to the platform, I would go in and look at myself in the mirror and see if I was all right, presentable. And I saw on my nose at the end of my nose was the marks of the screen. And I laughed out loud and I washed it off and I thought, now that is devotion. Devotion wanting to see if people were going to come to church, oh, that the church itself would get into the prayer closet and with strong devotion, press with a longing and cry out for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Even so, come now, Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Let me close with this scripture. Corinthians 15 and 58, and then I want to pray with you. This is found in the Passion Translation. So now, beloved one, stand firm and secure. Live your lives with unshakable confidence. We know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord, because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. 1 Corinthians 15 58. I'm going to read that again because I want you to hear it closely. So now, beloved ones, stand firm and secure. Live your lives with unshakable confidence. We know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. That's what God has for us. That's how come he came for us. We have a king that lives within us. We have the dynamics of the word. We know the word, memorize the word. Find those scriptures in the Bible that you love to read and read them over and over and over again. Build your faith. Have your faith in God Have a strong faith. Believe God for the impossible. He is the God of impossibilities. Believe him for everything. He is assured of you. Be assured of him. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor even as you love yourself. God wants to use the church in this very hour. We are about to enter into great revival, a great awakening, and God is calling his church to come forth with a devotion that comes from spiritual comprehension and to begin to do the things that God says that we would anoint the Lord in doing them. In Jesus' name, hallelujah to the Lamb forevermore.